You're listening to the Sage Hill Podcast with Dr. Chip Dodd. Sage Hill is a social impact organization that helps people see who they're made to be so they can do what they're made to do. Hey, Chip. Steven? And we're going to do something special with the podcast now. What is that? We're going to do a series. Okay. I'm I'm good. I like series. Have we done a series yet? I'm sure we have. Okay. Well, we're going to do a new series. How many? (laughs) We have a brand new series. How many podcasts have we done? We're you getting think? close to a hundred. This eighty something, ninety something. Yeah. yeah. Have you gotten any? Have you heard anything about people listening to them? all the time? Actually. Oh, you do. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, do you not? They not tell you? I would say. Well, yeah, actually, a couple of people have. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know who we we heard from last week or a couple? You know, weeks ago? I don't hear a lot Alan from people. Carroll in North Carolina. Alan Carroll. Hello, I hope Alan. you're listening. <laughs> Everybody loves you, Alan. You're a good Everybody. Man, Alan. And the man is the most remarkable guy. Now, I've oh. said this to him. He took it as an insult. I said, the man can say more in two minutes than any human being I've ever heard talk. And he said, oh, come on, Chip. And he started talking and telling me stuff. But I said, but I'm not insulting you. I said, you feel the minutes. I mean, that you're really saying oh. stuff, and you can say a whole lot. It's amazing. He's got, and I mean, stories in a great way. he's got one of the most authentic, childlike hearts, yeah. boy-hearted bigness and uh, I say, Alan, I call it, I call it a live-hearted, not oh, boy-hearted, he's, okay? He's, he's kissing up now. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. Hey, Phil Herndon since, uh, what do you call it? He still do that thing where people say shout-out. Shout-out from Phil Herndon. Do people do that? For you, they still No, do no, it, no. Yeah. I never did it. I was, I was before that. What? <laughs> hey, props for, props for, uh, what do people say? Hey, I Alan, you're dope. You're do- <laughs> <laughs> hey, Phil Herndon says, hey. Hey, Alan. I don't know how we got on that, but let's yeah. keep going. All right. So we're going to do a series. Okay, we're doing a podcast on the eight feelings. We're going to do a whole series, one on each feeling. We are? Yep. Okay. Uh, so we're now getting up to close to 100 podcasts. Right. And it all started with the mouth, I mean, voice of the heart. All started with the voice of the heart. Yeah. And so I thought it would be apropos to uh, do a podcast about each feeling of the next next eight weeks as we... Kind of, kind of move into the hundredth podcast. I think it's a great idea, and you know, that book you and I met over that book, nineteen ninety nine. Yeah, I went to the Emmaus Walk. Met I Andy, met Andy, Andy Miller. Providence I House said, hey, "Would you mind if I talked about an idea?" Mm-hmm. Met you, the 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 uh, destroyer of all ideas. <laughs> destroyer of all. You things were good. like, like yeah. well, you had been in the publishing world long enough to like six yeah, months. Sure, everybody's got a great book, you know. <laughs> I was pretty sick at that point. But I was pretty. I, I was just t- there to tear everything up. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't believe in anything. Yeah. Yeah. Boy, you you. But you're beautiful at uh, being an iconoclast. Mm. And I remember when when, we, when you and I talked about it, it's like you're great at seeing through emptiness, seeing a structure and a facade. Yes. Tear it up and say, "See, I told you there's nothing <laughs> I told behind you it. There's nothing behind it. I tore and it up." And the beauty of you is that you're still great at tearing things up. But you're beautiful at building something behind. Well, I remember what's there. I remember what's there, uh, helping reconstruct what's even there. Basically, trying to interrogate you to tear this up, and every layer I pushed through, there just was more substance. There's mm. more heart. Yeah, and cool. I was like, might this be something real? Something yeah. to you know trust? Yeah. Um, and 17, 18 years later, wow. I mean, your career <laughs> is directly connected to believing in something, helping people see who that was real. Who they see who they made. 
they, they used to do what they're made to do. You see who you're made to be, so you do what you're made to do. I, was, I, know, I yeah. just have to squeeze it in between yeah. your sentences. It was so busy, like the army thing at first. You know, was it be who you're, be who you're made be to be? Be all you're made be, to be. Yeah, yeah. Be who you're, yeah. yeah, in the army. Yeah. So we're going to start today. And, uh, hey, but they've dropped that. We've kept this. I think the army's moved on. Army of one. And then they or whatever it is. Else. Yeah. 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 That means either we've not evolved or. or I'm not going to evolve. Yes, that's true. Um, and I, so I'm going to grow. I'm going to read the beginning of chapter two on page 37 of the okay. second edition of The Voice of the Heart. All right. It says, you and I only have eight core feelings. We cannot live in fullness without knowing these feelings. The paradox is that if we choose fullness, we also choose to experience pain. Boy, true. Yeah. So as we lean into the feelings and talk about feeling pain, like, mm-hmm. let's talk about sadness. Okay. Uh, and a lot of our listeners know, and, and we've taught lots of times, you know, sadness is the valuing feeling. Yeah. It brings honor and value to something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, if I, if I live into it, right, mm-hmm. I'll get this gift called acceptance mm-hmm. you know, where, where things are not okay, but I'm okay that they're not okay and I'm okay. Yeah. 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 Um, and it takes a process. That's, that's uh, not instantaneous. No, that, that, that fits into the, the aphorism about it takes a lifetime to learn yeah. how to live. And, yeah, and if I don't feel sadness, then I've got to move to this place called mm-hmm. self-pity mm-hmm. to defend my heart, but the sadness is still doing its thing anyway, and it yeah. kind of comes out all different directions. Yeah, I'm missing my life because I'm not willing to grieve my own yeah. losses. Yeah, yeah. self-pity. So, so as, as we move into it, some of the things that I experience as a, as a counselor and a consultant and, a, and just de- dealing with people is sadness is something that, that people stay so far away from. Mm-hmm. I mean, people will run to shame like crazy, right? They'll run to anxiety and fear. Mm-hmm. You know, they'll even go to anger a little bit sometimes. Yeah. But, and they'll try to manufacture gladness so they can't, yeah. but they'll try to. But sadness is not something people try to really spend much time with. Right. Can you talk about that a little bit? In terms of, you know, I think one, it's, it is a very appropriate and natural experience to avoid. So, I mean, to me, it makes a lot of sense from the standpoint of what we don't want to have to experience to do what we can to avoid it, mm-hmm. okay? So, uh, not wanting to have to be sad, we do everything we can not to experience loss. Which is not crazy. It is not crazy. Yeah. I mean, to it's me, reasonable. it makes sense. Anybody who wakes up and starts looking around to get to have eight feelings is kind of off base. You know, I can't wait to get up and get tomorrow. I can't wait to go, go do some lonely. God, I can't wait till loneliness hits me like crazy. Man, I want a big old shame sandwich to hit yeah. me right in the mouth. Exactly. <laughs> but see, these things are they're inevitabilities because we're born with, and our problem is that we had to, and I, I use this very in a very real way, we had to suppress or get rid of them, so to speak, at, to survive in a world that is... Um, uh, feeling adverse. Yeah. And we think feelings are the problem when actually they're the gift. Anyway, so, but sadness is a, a feeling that really is about my willingness to take a risk of caring. It is the attachment feeling. And it is the feeling that is a test of whether or not I'm capable of attaching. Because if I care and I'm with someone, someplace, or something that goes away, my ability to attach to that someone or someplace that's gone, the feeling of it being torn from me or having to be given up is sadness. Mm. I mean, it's the grieving feeling that honors loss. That's why so often 
you know, in, whether it's treatment or therapy or we do this in sagehill training, one of the first things we ever ask people to do is they begin to enter their own recovery of heart processes mm-hmm. to make a list of their 10 most painful life, life events. Yeah. Right? It's like, are they willing to attach back to yeah. who they are? And are they willing to admit that they've been attached, yeah. that they've been affected, that they've cared and they've lost and it hurts? Something mattered to this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that, that begins that moving into sadness that way with the 10 most painful event list or something like that really begins to open someone up to so much more of their life as, as a doorway to change and oh, recovery. And yeah. Hope. And you, you, when you say open them up to so much more, what it does is it opens a person up to so much more capacity to care in spite of the ine- inevitability of loss. So if I can't do sad, I can't care. No. If you can't do sad, you can't care because you can't come to acceptance of life on life's terms. Because, you know, I remember um, uh, a friend of mine, their, their son, their cat died. And the friend was telling me that when the cat died, they, were, they cried about the cat being dead, okay? Because they'd had the cat for a long time. And the son said, if this is what it means to have a pet... I'm never going to have one. Mm. And I remember the story is that this, this friend's son, I uh, can't wait, he's looking to find a dog. Yeah. So, I mean, so <laughs> this, this desire to attach because we're relationally based, it's, it's in all of us all the time. But because loss is inevitable, we try to realistically avoid it. So the way we avoid it is try to care less or worse, try to control what or who we care about. Yeah. See, it cuts both ways. Yeah. You care less or you can try to control. I mean, think about all the things we tell our kids for their good that is really for our attempts to not have to experience loss. You know what I'm talking about? No. Like, uh, I'll say, don't do this, don't do that, watch out for this, watch out for that, because if you do these things, I'm going to be in pain. When actually they need to go try out for the team even though we think they we fear they're not talented enough we 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 want them to take the risk with being inspired towards something or you know go be who you're made to be but i want you to do so in a way that you don't have to experience loss so do it in a real small way or you yeah. follow what i'm saying yeah t- yeah go climb the mountain of your dreams but not a but make sure it's one that that has a lot of rails on it and uh it's well, that's really why a fake so mountain many, so many children don't have resiliency right they're not resilient anymore because they don't know how to do their feeling of sadness. Well, I'm going to tell you something, Stephen. We, and this is, this is in the, people can read about sadness as we've yeah. talked about it so, so clearly, but, uh, but uh, we were, like I say, we were recently at the beach and, and uh, in October and the waves were coming in pretty darn heavy. Okay. To the point that, uh, and like I say, there was still some hurricane damage from Myra and then even from Matthew the year before, but, and it changed the beach. The ocean was closer, came in harder mm. because there was more of a yeah. slant upward. Anyway, but uh, while we were uh, there, we walked out into the waves a little bit, and uh, I'm talking about crashing in. Uh, and I clearly would recognize, like, this is dangerous. This is this isn't a digital world. This is computerly computer CGI real life. This isn't computer generated eye. imagery. Imagery, yeah. <laughs> So Steve just put his head down. <laughs> CGI, baby. That's what I'm dealing with, folks. But I mean, this is real. And while we were there, uh, we, we were eating somewhere, and I, uh, uh, we were near close to where we were staying, but an EMS vehicle went over the bridge, and then a fire truck, and then a, a sheriff's mm. car, and then an mm. ambulance. 
And I thought, oh, God, something's going on. Sonia said, did you turn off something on the stove? I was like, it's not our house. But we drove back, leaving, and uh, we went back to our house. The vehicles were there. I didn't know what had happened. I thought it was a car wreck or something. But then I saw uh, two police boats in the ocean, then a helicopter. Oh, gosh. And, And then she started looking it up, and it's like some two middle-aged guys were hanging out and one came out. Out in the ocean. They, they were, you know, bouncing in the waves. They were uh, just yards out and one didn't come out of the water. Wow. And then it turns out three days later, he... he's so sad. I know. And then a, a 14-year-old kid, just another two miles up, uh, got lost. The, some, the family tried to reach out and tried to form a chain to get him. And this poor kid said the last thing I saw, the brother said the last thing I saw was his hand. So, I mean, my God, I mean, life is real. It's not digitized. It's not CGI. I mean, there aren't enough stunts. The earth is an extraordinary place, and nature is extraordinarily powerful. And I'm not talking about being scared of it. I'm talking about us fully participating in it. You know good and well that in a relationship, you can get hurt. If you care about kids, they can terrible things can happen to them. If you love somebody in a marriage, the other person can quit and go away. God Almighty, this is very, very difficult. It's very scary. And only the courageous are willing to have sadness mm. and, then, and then develop acceptance. Life's not okay, and it's okay, and it's not okay, you know, and yet I still can't stop wanting to live it, mm-hmm. and I'm going to do it. See the courage and, and sadness, do you know? Well, yeah. I mean, the stories have kind of... I know. They're, 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 really they're, they're awful. I mean, it's, it's just... And that uh, happens every day, it, everywhere. It, it, yeah, yeah. And I'm sorry to, you know, I kind of like want to apologize for bringing it up to talk about the inevitability and the reality of where we live. I think it's important like that, to yeah. give a, a real example of of not just the frailty of life or the suddenness of how yeah. things change. Yeah. Um, but And it's not a digital world. But yeah, it's, it's not an illustration. That really happened a couple of weeks ago. Yes. Right? Um, and then we all carry our own losses, right? Like I yeah. carry mine, you carry yeah. yours. And what as I'm as I'm learning, and I've known this, and I've experienced this, but I'm thinking I'm learning it again. Is that some of the old losses that I've had that I th- think I grieved pretty well. Mm-hmm. As I move into new seasons, I'm invited mm-hmm. to grieve again. Yep. Right? I'm invited to move into my sadness because yep. I start to realize, you know, as I let's say my relationship with my children, it it you know one the sadness that as my daughter is finishing high school that she's not two years old anymore. Right? That just that, right. it's like I can't get that back. With her, yes, and I don't want to because I love being with her now. Yes, but and whatever you wished you had done, even you can't get uh, back. It's not just you can't get back the time; you can't get back. No second chance. No, no. second chance. Yeah. So you no do over. So if you love her, you're going to have regrets. Yep. Well, A ton of set, which opens you love me her. up to love her more. Yes, right? but also also opens me up to to the wounds of my own childhood more deeply. Yeah. Which if I if I'm willing to grieve those in this season, because my my leaving my senior year. You know, was uh, not real good. Yeah. Right? Like, I get home from the Junior Olympics that summer. We get home the next day. My parents tell me they're getting divorced. The next week, I start my senior year. Yeah. A couple weeks after that, my high school girlfriend goes off to college. Like, it was loss after yeah. loss. And then my dog died somewhere in there. Yeah. Right. Kind of like it becomes somewhere in there. Yeah, you know? Somewhere. Yeah. Somewhere like, in you know? there. Yeah. Uh, and I don't remember much of anything of my senior year except some other significant losses, and a few joys, mm-hmm. right? And as I began to move into Emma Claire's senior year of high school, like the sadness of a lot of that, I'm invited back to face again. 
because I found myself trying to work out my crap on her. Yeah. I was demanding that she go through the college search that I didn't get to go through. I right. was demanding that she appreciate, you know, me mm-hmm. in the process. And and Heather, you know, got to point out to me that maybe I needed to uh calm down. She didn't say it quite that way. <laughs> yeah. But um and in in my calming down I faced man, I I'm her becoming an adult is bringing back all this sadness. Uh-huh. But as I've leaned into it, it's, I mean, it's so much space now and so much graciousness I have for her and for myself and even my parents, mm-hmm. this newfound acceptance mm-hmm. of men. They, you, you said the kids who said the word. Yeah. See, you, you, you intuitively and accidentally and naturally and simply where it fits, yeah. you said the word acceptance. Yeah. I, I, that my sadness gave me an ability to live in the presence and the present with Heather, with Emma uh, Claire. Emma Claire. Yeah. Like, and so I've got, you called it space. I got so much more space. Yeah. Which means you got so much more presence. Heart. Isn't that something? But it's you know, so, Stephen, I didn't mean, did I cut in on No, it's okay. just, yeah, an but example you, of like, this you, stuff really works. Yeah, you just, yes. Yeah. And Stephen, you know, okay, so you're talking well, about. Well, and it doesn't mean I didn't do my grief work back then. Well, yes, it doesn't. Now, hear what I said? Yeah. Yes, it doesn't. And it, it, correct, true, no doubt about it, because I've known you now. Yeah. I've known you, and I, I, I know your story, and it's, it's, the story's sad, Steve. Middle class tragedy. I mean, uh, yeah, you can call it that, but that, but that's also kind of a little shame. It is a little shame. You know, like, because, because you're middle class, it means you, you shouldn't you have, can't tragedy. have, you can't have pain. Yeah. You know, um, but, uh, but there will be people, not so many people who listen to these podcasts, but there are people who would, uh, the people who value these podcasts, there are other people they know that are going to say, maybe hear you describe what you describe, and they're going to say, dude, how old is he? Number one. And you're how old, by the way? 44. Okay, 40. You're 44? Yeah. You're like a kid. You're like an old man. Oh, God. <laughs> I am the age... I, I am uh, a little bit older than the age you were when we met. Uh, boom. boom. How's that for sad? Oh, what was I like? No, never. You were handsome. You're so handsome. And today you look like a tall Harrison Ford. Today. Like, seriously, you yeah. really do. Earring. Yeah. Uh, without the earring. Without the earring. Yeah. yeah. No earrings for me yet. Not yet. Maybe Not a yet. tattoo soon? No. No. No, no. I've, no. No. Somebody's going to hear this podcast or a friend of somebody. They're going to say, wah, wah, gonna say dude. Still get, crying about that. Get over school, it, man. Over it. Get over it. And it's the very fact that you didn't, yeah. that you faced your life, felt your life, stepped into the truth of your life, that you had the gifts related to your life mm-hmm. and can love your daughter better. And took responsibility for my own sadness. Responsibility yeah. is absolutely so. So just the opposite. People who say, why is that still bothering you? What's wrong with you? They're the ones that are missing their lives. And, and I'll, I promise you that there are more people who are going to say, why don't you get over it? Yeah. Oh, by, by a 100,000 100, to 16 <laughs> you know, yeah. majority. Uh, so, well, and the answer to me is easy because I love my daughter. Uh, real simple. Right. And if you care about life, you're in a minority. Yeah. And I care about me. And I matter. Right. Like that story matters. My yes. story matters too. And, and do you hear, hear it again? Yeah. If you care about your life, your daughter, you are in a minority. Yeah. Do you hear that? Yeah. And if you do it truthfully, you're even 
in a more of a minority. Now, I'm not saying that people don't care. I'm just saying that people are too scared to care and are, and are living under rules of somebody else's approval rather than the relationship that matters more. Well, it's not even about their lack of care for their own child because certainly they would want to care for yeah, their absolutely. own child. It's their lack of That's care about their own story. That's what I'm saying. Like they're okay, yes. unwilling to care about themselves. Yes. They've but, left but, their child, the inner child themselves, yes. their younger version But well, whose, rule, whose rules are they following, though? Because that's unnatural to, unnatural. to, to self-rejection is unnatural. Yes. So whose rules are they following? I don't know. Who do, whose rules are they following? The, whoever they need approval from that didn't get. Yeah. And they're following the rules that eradicate who God made. You know, because says, God did not life. create us to self-reject. No. Right? No. Nor did he create us to self-aggrandize. No. And both are forms of running from feelings. I want to end here with, with a reading a sad. If you wish to experience life to the fullest... Your heart requires that you be willing to feel sadness. Sadness is the feeling that speaks to how much you value what is missed, what is gone, and what is lost. It also speaks to how deeply you value what you love, who you have, and who you and what you live. Sadness is proportional. The more sadness you feel after a loss, the more value, the more you value what was lost. The more you live an open-hearted life with fullness, the more you lose. Sadness gives us the gift of valuing and honoring life. 